previously on My Best Friend's Journal. You love a wig. You don't know anything about my hair. Maybe I know a lot about them. You've named them. You introduced me to each of them like Moro Rose. (laughs) We moved up to the desert. Fingers crossed we can just sit the fuck still for a while. Nice is nice. Also Miami. That's a Golden Girls reference. I actually never got into Golden Girls. I know. I know. Gagged. Uh, I'm sorry. I just got so frustrated with you for no good reason. But oh my God. When I made this comment to Michaela's dad, he offered to help me. And I was like, you know what? That'd be great. I'll just get in all fours in the front yard. You grab the hose. He was like, no problem. I'll spray your sphincter right up. And uh, we have an agreement now. Hurt when Argentina said, I couldn't do some shows because there was lots of singing or dancing. I was like, oh, I would like to do that. And he's like, oh, you can't. They have to like sing and dance. Oh, my God. So cunty. Um, your roommate talking sexual. Oh. Been there before. Was drooling watching him rock around his jock straps, but that's as far as it went. I bought something um, that has a real skin feel. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm so glad that you have that new um, boyfriend. Five years ago, he got a book to hold my private thoughts. And now we're gonna take a peek, grab a drink, or smoke some pot. Your private thoughts read aloud. How does that make you feel? I don't remember what I wrote. This shit might get too real. Nothing here is sacred. I'm haunted by my past. It's called my best friend's journal. Let's start this damn podcast. Let's sing this name a little longer first. It's someone's favorite podcast. Yes, and the world's greatest Good afternoon, you beautiful ray of sunshine. How are you? Oh, wow. Hi. Good afternoon to you as well. Wow. Uh, you're coming in hot today. Um, hi, Mike. Hi. You don't have anything nice to say to me? I called you a glorious ray of sunshine. What did I say? Beautiful ray of sunshine? Hello, you person who looks like he probably hasn't washed his hair in five or six days. <gasps> I washed it yesterday. <laughs> How dare you? Damn. You know I, what? I have. I had a 50 50 chance. Usually when we talk, you're like, man, I haven't washed my hair in months. Honestly, you had more than a 50 50 chance because I wash it like once every six days. Um, <laughs> but um, I have. This is now a pet peeve of mine from you specifically because we were uh, on a Zoom call with our two lovely New York friends and you. Um, you were like, ah, what is wrong with your hair? When's the last time you washed it? And I was like, minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I guess you just hadn't done it. I, uh, I'm lacking in my hair compliment game. <laughs> this has been a topic of conversation with me and Peter a lot recently because his hair, he's been growing it out. And uh, he just posted this picture recently and it was back from when he was just like super clean cut and it was like a really nice part and it was just so cute. And I was like, oh my God, your hair looks amazing. He's like, okay. <laughs> I get it. That's enough. Yeah, that's what I'm getting from you too, Cam. <laughs> it's part of it is the like, okay, I'm not disparaging the long hair. It is the long hair quarantine look. I only ever see both of you with like your hair just thrown up in a bun. Back in the day, we we used to when we used to be in public together, you would both like style your hair and it was very cute and I just uh I see pictures of that and so I comment on it cuz I forget how nice it looked. <laughs> um but I do stand by the fact that while you have this beautiful opportunity to have hair and to play with it and to experiment with different lengths, you should absolutely do that because it might not last forever. <laughs> um, actually, to your point, I've been kind of over my hair for a long time, but now it's like a 
like a bad relationship where I'm like, well, I've already invested so much time. Do I want to quit now? That is a common thing that I hear from people that are growing their hair out. It's like, well, I'm, I'm this far in it now. Like I may as well just let it get as long as humanly possible before I like chop it off in a fit of rage. I certainly might as well wait until after quarantine because why maybe I get myself a nice cute cut after that. You haven't even had your haircut since you moved to California. Have you? I had it cut, I think thrice since I moved to California. Thrice, he says. <laughs> uh, that is one of my very favorite Golden Girls moments. Do you know what I'm talking about? Of course, I don't know what you're talking about because I haven't watched it religiously. <sighs> I've seen a lot of it. I know. I don't want to get in this fight again, Cam. I can't do it. I can't uh, do it. I honestly, I forgot about that, and it just really bummed me out. <laughs> I'm sorry to ruin your day. Um, so there's this iconic episode of the Golden Girls where Dorothy and Rose have entered a competition to do a tourism song for the city of Miami. I'm familiar. Um, and so they're writing the song, and uh, they go. Miami is nice, so I'll say it twice. Miami is nice. Miami is nice. Miami is... Wait. Rose has been writing the music and Dorothy's just singing it and Dorothy goes... You put in an extra Miami is nice. We say, so I'll say it twice, but then I sing it three times. And so Rose tries to switch the lyrics. Miami is nice, so I'll say it thrice. Dorothy's like, thrice? No one says thrice. And Rose says, it's a word. And Dorothy goes, so is inner uterine. It doesn't belong in a song. <laughs> it's called my inner uterine journal. <laughs> anyway, that was a deep Golden Girls reference. But uh, every time you say thrice, that's what I'm going to think of. So anyway, this is my best friend's journal. <laughs> 30 minutes later. Hi, I'm Mike. I'm Cam. And this is my best friend's journal. We keep putting that part of the intro further and further into the episode. It's kind of like when you're watching uh, drama or sitcom and the credits are still happening like 20 minutes in. I'm like, we've already murdered two main characters. Why am I still seeing who co-produced this? Just like an episode of CSI. <laughs> She's dead. And the key grip is Tara McGigginheimer. <laughs> the poor key grip is coming in 20 minutes into the episode. Do you have any idea what a key grip does? Um, no. I do know that you shouldn't grip it too tight. <laughs> Is that a Dan Savageism, the death grip? Um, people that can't come for sex, they have to masturbate. It's because they, yeah, they, they like learn to masturbate with too much of a death grip. That is a thing. It's a, it's a pretty common sexual dysfunction. Yikes. There was a, a guy I used to hook up with in high school and he, uh, like he had a death grip. And I remember <laughs> the first time I was like, I was like, ow, what did I do to you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But his reaction wasn't, oh, sorry, I'll loosen up. His reaction was, no, it feels good. <laughs> I was like, no, it does not. What about my reaction just said to you, oh, I should do that again. <laughs> I'm going to chalk oh. it up to the fact that he was like a 17-year-old and probably didn't understand, like he wasn't great at the whole communication game. I really hope, he's married now, so I hope he's not doing that to his husband. But I mean, good Lord, vice-like grip. It sounds painful. Yeah, I mean, how cocky do you have to be, though? Cocky. To be... <laughs> <laughs> cocky me me how cocky do you have to be for someone to like scream out during sex and, you, and instead of like changing something your first reaction is to convince them that what you're oh. doing actually feels good <laughs> sounds like a man to me oh <laughs> uh, mike how is life in quarantine are we still in quarantine i almost forgot <laughs> plum fell off my what i don't know plum fell off my pony <laughs> <laughs> That's what they say, right? Wow, he has never even been to the South, has he? Um, but life has been good. I'm still entertaining myself. You know how I do. Um, I think you know how I do. Fuck me. We all know how you do. Uh, <laughs> with your your toys from Amazon, we've discussed this uh, recently. Sh- <laughs> that is a personal, private, intimate conversation I had with you. 
<laughs> and then posted for the world to listen to. <laughs> and then to. published, yeah. <laughs> Kick and I have been um, up to some fun antics. We hadn't like really played in a while, and we had a good game started. So we somehow ended up with Michaela's dad's shorts in our laundry. I think that they, whatever. <laughs> it's because her dad and I were having sex, and when I threw his stuff in <laughs> You have made way too many comments about Michaela's dad recently. People are going to think something is going on. I know. He can never hear this. Uh, That's so funny. So we end up with Michaela's dad's shorts in our laundry, and Kick brought them to my room. He thought that my shorts had ended up in his laundry, and I was like, these aren't mine. He's like, yeah, they're not mine. I was like, look at these. I opened them up, and they are gray (laughs) gym shorts, double my size, that would go probably to my, like, shin. I'm like, would you, could you imagine me wearing these? Anyway... These culottes. <laughs> so um, I was like, no, thank you. I'm offended. And I, I threw them in his room. Next thing I know, I find those shorts hidden in one of my drawers. And I was like, oh, here we go. So then while he wasn't looking, this is over the span of like the full week, by the way. I wrapped them uh, around his plants like like the plant was wearing shorts. <laughs> he then stuffs it in my uh, gym shoe. My last move was putting it on his um, ceiling fan put it like tucked in so he wouldn't notice until he turned the fan on and that one lasted and they for, flew off <laughs> i don't know i didn't i didn't get a response until eventually i go to fill a water bottle i rarely use bring it to the kitchen open it up turn the faucet on and a split second before the water goes in i see the shorts there and kick happened to be in the room for this and i was like wow well done i'm bested i'm bested i can't compete with this anymore um, just admitted defeat yeah it was too good and we also we never got to see each other's reactions it was always in private so he saw me he saw my shock so i couldn't pretend like it wasn't a good one you know how did you not realize that water bottle was heavier than it should have been because i'm a fucking idiot man what day is it <laughs> so anyway keeping up with our same antics and uh, staying entertained how about you is peter hiding gifts for you to find um no he hasn't had any sort of time um I'm going to keep this update short. Actually, you know what? This is all related to my gayest moment of the week. So go ahead and play the theme. I've got a story to tell. Okay, on my own time. (laughs) Okay, now it's good. Okay, great. (laughs) Gay, 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 gay. My gayest moment of the week uh, has to be moving to Palm Springs. Um, Jesus Christ. Which is the gayest place in California. Um, And you might remember from last episode that I was so excited to finally be in the desert and be done moving and be hunkered down up in Joshua Tree. Um, uh, Long story short, we ran into some issues with our living situation there, mainly the satellite internet completely stopped working due to data limits. Peter and I were unable to work from there and there's no cell reception, so we couldn't even work from our cell phones. His entire job is video conferencing right now, so he was taking to driving into town and sitting in his car for hours for video conferences uh, oh, just fuck. to get his job done, and it was miserable and really untenable Untenable. yeah so we had to find a different place to go so we moved for the third time well you love moving it's your favorite if you count peter's move to australia and then move back this is going to be our fourth time of like great life upheaval over the past few weeks it's been exhausting i for a while had a couple really dark days i felt like for probably the past six or eight weeks we've been making big plans and those plans have been going completely the opposite direction we think they're going to and everything's just been really hectic uh but i'm i'm having a much better attitude now we're in a comfortable spot it's beautiful sunny weather um and we're in a town that we both love and we're really uh we're, we're feeling lucky to be here and we have good wi-fi and cell service so we can both do our jobs so that has taken up pretty much the last week 
Our dog, Fergus, who I was talking about, got really sick last week. He's completely better. We had about two days to enjoy that and feel like things were going well until uh, we had to start packing again. So it has been a fucking saga, Mikey, and I am pretty over it, but I'm I'm feeling uh, optimistic that maybe we can sit here for a while. Who knows? Maybe next week I'll tell you that we moved to fucking San Diego. Who knows? I hope so. That'd be fun for me. Uh-huh. Cam gave me a little virtual tour of their current place and it's so lovely and i hope you're able to just kind of enjoy that yeah i i will tell you um this morning i went out on a run and uh there were a lot of people out there going on walks and bike rides and such on these like pretty deserted city streets and everyone um almost to a person was friendly and waved and said good morning which is in stark contrast to the only people we ever encountered up in the desert uh, were the angry neighbors that screamed at us to go back to where we came from. So uh, that's been kind of a nice change of pace. It's that city Um, vibe. It's the city dwellers are always too busy and will shove your shoulder to get where they need to go. But when there is a crisis, they quickly turn. They have got each other's backs. Cities like specifically thinking New York and L.A., like they they get bad raps. But when shit hits the fan, people are looking out for each other. It's true. It becomes much more of a community feel, whereas like a small town up in the desert where people are kind of full time isolationists, they're like, get out. You're not welcome here right now. This is, you know, we we are like doubling down on our isolationism is what it felt like to us, Mm -hmm. Um, which is fine. That is that is their prerogative. But uh, that is just not the way that. Uh, you know, you really want to feel when you're forced to to leave your home and go somewhere. You want to be somewhere where people don't want to run you out of town on a rail. Um, I went out on a run and I was I was really invigorated by the fact that people were friendly and waving and I was just everyone was out exercising and mm-hmm. keeping their distance and being really respectful. And I I found kind of. Uh, I, I was able to tap into a little bit of intensity in my workout for the first time in a really long time. Like I, I kind of craved that feeling of just like, instead of going through the movements, like going out there and like actually feeling the burn as it was, um, Ugh, too soon. <laughs> oh, I didn't even mean it that way. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I, it was really nice. And to anyone out there that, uh, is looking for a little bit of motivation, I really recommend the Peloton app, um, Peloton, those, you know, the stationary bikes that you can get in your house there, you can, they have an app that has all kinds of workouts on it and they've made it free for everyone right now. And so they have these guided runs. So it's almost like taking like a boot camp treadmill class, but you're out running in, uh, in public or, you know, wherever on a trail or on the road for me, who's someone who hates to run. That is very valuable. It really like made a huge world of yeah, difference. That's the best of both worlds. Cause it's so much I find it more enjoyable to run outside, but also I will do better if I have someone coaching me, which, you know, requires being in a class. So getting an sure, yeah. audio coaching is like, it's brilliant. I can't believe you're making me want to run. And uh, to be fair, this is coming from someone who walked the mile in middle school. <laughs> I can see it. I believe that it's true. Uh, you know, we had to, I think we had to run like a 10 minute mile in order to pass in high school. And I remember that being so hard for me i'm not a natural runner (laughs) it was just the worst i hated the mile day we didn't even get to like shower in our school it was like a 40 minute class you run for 35 minutes and then you get to history class all sweaty and gross (laughs) the idea that it took you 35 minutes to i mean you could crawl around the track and (laughs) faster than a 35 minute mile i'm not sure how the math works out but i definitely took at least 35 (laughs) minutes and i was definitely sweating very hard so i don't know don't even think that would garner you a participation grade (laughs) that is not even participating in the mile they're like why are you sweating you have been standing there (laughs) 
you do a lap and then you take a five minute break. You gab with your girlfriends. You file your nails. That's still how I go to the gym. <laughs> Yesterday you called me. You were, I was like, I'm working out. You're like, I'll let you go. I was like, no, no, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. And you weren't breathing hard. No, <laughs> never am. Um, I told you about my gayest moment about 15 minutes ago. Can you please tell me if you've had any uh, yes. gay moments this week in quarantine? Yes, sir. Um, other than getting many requests for the specific item that I was talking about last week. Oh, your Amazon.com boyfriend? Yeah, my Amazon.com boyfriend has gotten pretty popular. People are um, people want to date him too. And you know what? I'm going to not be selfish and I'm I'm sharing the link when asked. But that was last week's case moment. So this week, um, yesterday we had a little pool party, which is, I got to tell you how freaking fortunate I feel to be somewhere with a freaking pool. <laughs> freaking fortunate with a freaking pool and freaking pool parties. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we were making use of it, and uh, Michaela and her sisters were having like a full photo shoot, and all of a sudden her mom gets involved and is like art directing, and I was like, guys, come on, come back in the pool. Her, her mom, by the way, is our photographer. Oh, yeah. She's <laughs> the person who took all the photos for our cover art, and she's a great photographer. She's great. She's got a really good eye, and she knows what she's doing, but because of that, a quick little selfie became a shoot, and so I uh-huh. was like, guys, come on, I want to want to play in the pool, and then I go over there, get them to stop, and all of a sudden I was like... I was the photo shoot. Um, I took over. <laughs> All of a sudden, through no fault of my own, I was modeling. Next thing you know, I'm like whipping my wet hair. I'm like doing mermaid looks in the water. It was giving full <laughs> JVN realness. Even like the over the shoulder oh. long hair beard thing. I really felt like I was channeling him. I bet if we keep our eyes tuned to your Instagram, we'll all be treated before too long to a beautiful pool shot. A beautiful cum shot. <laughs> beautiful hole pick. Can you imagine? <laughs> Oh my God, I didn't talk about this. My friend um, posted on Instagram a picture of her in um, in a hot tub, like with a steam coming up, and it was swiftly removed, followed by another picture saying, sorry to the 12 of you who just saw my bush. Um, <laughs> Excuse me? She did like, I didn't even notice it, but in, in the picture, it, she just didn't realize she was sleepy. It was like a morning bath, and I think she had wake and baked, and just there was like a little bit of bush hanging in there, and she was like, oh my God. I thought it was hysterical. 12 people liked her picture with full bush in there. So fucking uh, funny. I love that response. Like, instead of just taking it down, pretending it didn't happen, like, hey, I posted a bush pic, and like, I guess, uh, good for you if you saw it. <laughs> Oh, that's that is amazing. Before we get too far away from your gayest moment, um, you mentioned JVN, and that reminded me we haven't done a Man Crush Monday in a while. Just another Man Crush Monday. My Man Crush this week has to definitely be Dan Levy. (gasps) No! That was mine! (laughs) (gasps) Really? You dick. Uh, (laughs) We can tag team him. Okay. (laughs) Oh my God, it's our very first ever tag team MCM. I think if you and I participated in a tag team together, it would fundamentally alter the shape of our relationship. (laughs) It's the second time in recent weeks we've talked about things that our friendship is never going to endure. So yeah, I guess it makes sense that we both are on Dan Levy right now because we... Both just finished the last season of Schitt's Creek. I actually binged it all yesterday because you were so excited about it and we wanted to talk about it. And I was like, I cannot, I cannot deprive Cam of this conversation any further. So I made sure to get it done before. Thank you. You're a good friend. No, honestly, it was the best homework assignment I've ever had. It was so fucking good. Um, the best part was the documentary at the end. What's uh, Warm Regards and Best Wishes. Yeah. 
Oh um, my God. However, so I, I'm going to stop you right there because you are convoluting two segments. We are now in Man Crush Monday and you're talking about education, which is shortly to come because Ooh. Shit's Creek. So please tell me why Dan is your <laughs> Man Crush Monday and then we'll play the other theme. You don't tell me when these themes come and go. <laughs> I think I do. I'm being, being very bossy today. I'm living my bossy bottom life. <laughs> if that's true, I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm channeling my inner mic. <gasps> How dare you? <laughs> Dan Levy has just been... Like a slow burn gay icon. He is uh, is a leading voice in the queer world right now. And he is um, so strangely charming and so uh, humble about this beautiful masterpiece he's created. And uh, I think it's really, really attractive. (laughs) Oh, you just, you nailed it. You didn't nail him, unfortunately, but you nailed it. I mean, it is... He is a creator of one of the most, like, just something beautiful that I hold very, very dear. And he is so cute in his quirkiness. And he is, I like, love his dark hair and his big eyebrows. And I just want to, like... Love a thick eyebrow. I love a thick eyebrow. They're very in right now. I have such a crush on him. I have for a long time. He's sexy in a very specific kind of way. And um, as I've said so many times, especially during Man Crush Monday, that um, I find talent to be so attractive um and how do you keep uh, your hands off me uh, (laughs) it's easy right now because you're so far (laughs) away um but you know it's it's a constant struggle when we're in the same room i believe you (laughs) uh well uh here's to dan this week uh he has done something really really special and that leads us right into this week's education which is schitt's creek the final season So as I said, I finished my homework assignment just kind of the same way I did in high school the morning of. Um, Mm -hmm. And (laughs) Uh, when I met Mike this morning, he was sitting in front of his locker scribbling (laughs) into a three ring binder. Um, I binged a lot of it last night and then I watched the the wrap up documentary this morning. And I'm so glad I did because it just kind of kind of highlights the reasons that I couldn't articulate of why I love the show. It just buttons it up so nicely. They had so many people on that one hour documentary talking about why oh Schitt's God. Creek is amazing. I mean, we Carol had Burnett. Carol Burnett. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was amazing the number of people. We were talking journalists and actors and comics. Um, I loved that like Tony Hale randomly uh, popped up at one point. Oh, yeah. So many people who are huge comic voices were talking about why this show is both hilarious and important. One of the best parts of that documentary was watching how all this came together and how much, um, like from the very first episode, these characters were pretty well flushed out. And it's because they had Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara, who are such seasoned professionals uh come in and like bring so much to their characters from episode one like when Catherine o'hara came in to do the test pilot there was not a strange accent written for her the no wigs. wigs were not a thing the vocab was not a thing and then six seasons later she is a bona fide gay icon yeah it's because uh she's got all the elements of a straight female character who becomes a gay icon and i'm stealing this from the editor-in-chief of Out Magazine, Philip Picardi, says it in that documentary that Moira is a gay icon because she's over the top, she's always dressed up, she's self-involved, but she has a heart of gold and actual, like, real substance. Yeah, and there is, um, there's also something really special about um, this kind of perfect storm of 
an actress who is in her own right a, a gay icon. I mean, she's a camp icon. Think of like Beetlejuice, all the Christopher Guest films, the Kevin from Home Alone. You know, <laughs> she's there's so many moments that like permeate pop culture, and she is already like dearly beloved by so many people. Yeah. Um, and then she goes on to play this 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 character who, in her own right, becomes a gay icon, and it's like it's almost like uh it's like a megan Mullally playing karen for sure you know and what i mean they like feed each other yeah and they both stand alone like on these pedestals and when they come together the actress and the character when they come together it is like this beautiful conglomeration of something that feeds the gay obsession uh one thing i cannot forget to say about schitt's creek i nearly flipped when i saw fucking victor garber there underrated gay actor himself when was he in schitt's creek he's the um the character that has Moira Rose written off. Uh, oh, oh my God. I totally forgot that happened. Yes. Um, I'm really glad you binged this also recently. <laughs> uh, yeah. Really? I'm bringing him up because I wanted to brag. Um, <laughs> I once served Victor Garber sexually. I once served him sexually. Um, and a different time I served him champagne. Uh, but this champagne moment, I interrupted a conversation he was having with Monica Lewinsky and gave them both champagne. Wait, hold on. That's that's better than <laughs> serving him sexually, actually. Victor Garber was having a conversation with Monica Lewinsky in what situation and why were you there? We were at like Saks Fifth Avenue, some uh, fashion event thing, and I was catering, duh, because why else would I be bumping ugly celebrities? <laughs> <laughs> that's not what that means, but that's fine. <laughs> The same company that allowed me to be in the same room with Christine Baranski put me in the same room with Victor Garber. Okay, so this wasn't at your um, restaurant. This is a catering situation. Yeah, catering. And uh, I interrupted their conversation. I was right between them. I was over Victor Garber's right shoulder and Monica Lewinsky's left shoulder. And they both turned and made eye contact with me. And I went, champagne? <laughs> <laughs> what a good story. Actually, it kind of is a great story. I love that you popped up in the <laughs> middle of their conversation with a little tray. Aggressively ran, knocked someone else out of the way to make sure I was the one to give him champagne. <laughs> I like to imagine you had one of the other cater waiters like across the room taking your picture as you're like between the two of them trying to play like an Abby Jacobson. Like, I'm not actually serving at this party. It was one of those starstruck moments. He's like, he's a star of stage and screen. He is. And he's, and he's gay. So lovely. And his husband's really hot. That's all. I just wanted to brag. Let me have a moment. Thank you so much. Didn't know he had a hot husband, but I will be looking that up as soon as we end this episode. Final thing I will say about Schitt's Creek is that it hits the same tone that we've discussed the past two weeks, both with God's Own Country and Feel Good, in that we are in a world in which homophobia is not an issue. It is just accepted that queer people are people. I mean, we've, we've talked about it to death. We don't have to hit that that nail any harder, I don't think. But um, it, it, it takes such a vision from a show creator to, to write in that world. Um, uh, you know, six seasons of a, a main queer character having queer relationships, and it's never an issue. And for anyone in a small town in the middle of Canada, and I just love it so much. They continue to say in this documentary that they are showing, they're not moralizing, they are not teaching us a lesson, they are showing life as it could be. That's plenty. Life as it can be includes queer people that don't constantly scream about being queer people. Well said. Um, and for a really inelegant way to get out of the segment i would like to say that i just got a notification that you and i just got an instagram message uh from a regular listener who said we all want that real skin feel please share the fun so <laughs> i wasn't lying i told you <laughs> <laughs> why don't you go ahead and write him back and then we'll get into the journal okay i will send him a instructional video of how i use mine and uh i'll be back with you after that <laughs> So 
so we are in October of 2014. We have been going so, so slowly with these journal entries because we are still in rehearsals for this trip I'm on. All the people that just want us to speed through the journal to get to all the family drama are screaming into their mics in this moment. <laughs> I will show you some light at the end of the tunnel that the first big event in the family drama occurs like the day I get home from this contract. Oh my God. My sister-in-law is going to be so happy to hear that. I have, you are not allowed to eat on mic anymore. I can't hear it in my headphones. Ugh. It is so gross. <laughs> Crunching toast and just smacking lips. I swear to God, Mike is having a full breakfast while I'm trying to podcast. I can't even talk over the sounds you're making. Okay, the drama. <laughs> okay, I see uh. the journal is in front of the camera. So that is my cue to shut the fuck up and let Cam speak. <laughs> All right, October 8th, 2014. Uh, unofficial run of invitation to dance uh the rehearsals went well but the part that the casting director saw was bad oh that's not great oh yeah he like walked in for just a second like peeked his head in saw me do something bad and left but we <laughs> it's fine we have a good relationship he's cool and he seen me do good stuff <laughs> that's never a good feeling though it's like the director came just to <laughs> just to watch me fuck up and then left the room to, oh to go recast me awesome <laughs> um you didn't feel good about it well that makes sense on October 9th, you did two run-throughs. They went okay. Uh, Vegas girl's car got into an accident, drove the van to go get them. Oh, yeah. This is like right before. I think we're going to hit the hit the ship shortly because this happened right before we left. Um, hit the ship. That van that I stole from my friend in the last episode to go grocery shopping. <laughs> uh-huh. Now I'm using it to go. This van also like barely started. Every time I turned it on, it, it like would stall in the middle of the highway. It was really tough. So I'm using this scary vehicle to go pick up um, Vegas lady. And as much as you hate driving, you're doing a lot of it in shitty cars. Honestly, I prefer driving in a shitty car because there's less risk to me. There's less for me to ruin. Okay. Um, on October 10th, you had day off then run, I think is what that meant to say. Uh, nervous all day, but went well. Wait, I'm sorry. Argentina told me I was the best singer? Oh, how the times have changed. <laughs> uh, he's there? Why is he there? Because he's loyal to that company. He works there a ton. He worked there for many years before me and many years after. Um, so he was just rehearsing at the same time. I forgot this. I think I did see him and say hello, so I can't believe I didn't write that in the journal. Um, oh, man, but no porking, huh? No porking, for sure not. He, no. Oh, man, it would be such good journal content if you could have had a good hate pork in here. There's some porking on this contract, so don't, don't you worry. Oh, good. It's not it's not fully uh, kosher. <laughs> mm. <laughs> well done. If you keep kosher, you don't eat pork, right? Correct. Um, but also want to point out Argentina saying I have the best voice there. I don't know. He might have just been saying, like, you all were terrible, and I guess yours was the best voice there. <laughs> I don't think he was saying that because, first of all, you knew this guy, so you would have read between the lines, and also you put a smiley face in the journal, so he must have been nice about it. Mm. Mm, you you don't believe it. Mm, I say. Uh, afterwards, you went to a taco bar to celebrate one of the girls' birthdays. Oh, sorry, for celebration well, that... and one of the girls' birthdays. So you're celebrating your good run and also happy birthday to happy birthday happy birthday to one of the girls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we went to a taco bar. That's um. I support that decision. Uh, I just got the stuff to make delicious vegetarian tacos tomorrow night and got some Grand Marnier so I can make delicious margaritas. Some very fancy <laughs> Grand Marnier. <laughs> How are you supposed to say it? I... Can I get you a baguette for a okay, fuck off. I got some delicious Grand Marinier. <laughs> you know, I will say uh, I've been spending a lot more time in the kitchen with quarantine going on. Obviously, everyone has. Um, and 
Peter has been really good. He's he's he used to be a really picky eater when we started dating, and he only he was kind of a meat and potatoes guy. He has really expanded his um, palate, um, and he has been. I thought for sure when I stopped eating meat for this three months that he was not gonna uh, be happy to eat those things that I made. But he, uh, it, as long as it's an interesting new flavor, he's happy to eat it. So I've been cooking up <laughs> a lot of uh, fun vegetarian things. Um, his very favorite is a veggie burger. <laughs> Um, a lot of people are cooking more right now and like you were looking for recipes and maybe it's different for you as a Virgo and as kind of a rule follower, but I hate a recipe in the kitchen unless it's obviously for, for a baked good, like if it's for bread or a cake, you got to follow a recipe or it's going to be wrong. But for cooking, like whatever ingredients you like the most and doing them how you like, um, I think there's too much pressure on recipes. I could not disagree more. I love a recipe, a recipe that is well-reviewed and well-written that I can follow, and I know it's going to be a delicious meal. I don't want any guesswork. I don't want to have to guess how long to cook something, what to put in there. I might, like, add a little bit of extra. Like, I've I've made my favorite chili recipe about 15 times, and I, mm-hmm. uh, I've, I've dialed in the spices that I really like in it. Um, but I really, really disagree about disliking a recipe it is my favorite thing about being in the kitchen i just don't think it's creative at all i'm not my brain doesn't work that way when i'm looking at food i need someone to tell me what to do with it anyway you had tacos back in october 2014 so and that's how it felt afterward (laughs) you're disgusting you disgust me um, on October 11th, uh, one of our friends makes an appearance, a uh, common friend. Uh, our friend Jake picked you up at 1030 in the morning. He was on tour. It looks like you went to IHOP together and then you met his cast and saw his show. <laughs> I'm really not not digging my IHOP brand at the moment, but we'll just let that go. Um, <laughs> Spending a lot of time with the international house. <laughs> you had lunch at Whiskey Tango. You had a lovely day with him. You packed at night. Oh, you better be getting or you must be getting ready to leave um must be very shortly because if i'm actually packing surely this flight's in hours oh yeah okay lovely day with jake packed at night extra sexual with jockstrap dot 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 oh (laughs) things are heating up to never come to fruition um yeah things are heating up i think maybe i said nothing happens and i think maybe i lied to you but we'll get there uh, oh really oh my god i can't wait i love a little bit of uh a little bit of untoward behavior on your part a little something something yeah i feel like something was weird about our flirtiness and i don't know what it was but i guess we'll find out from this journal okay um uh, let's see here october 12th you had a flight to quebec city yay hotel is beautiful um looks like it's yay, the rehearsals are over thank god yeah lovely free dinner at the paris grill love a free dinner <laughs> Free makes it more fun, like Disneyland. It does make it more fun, especially when it's a really nice one. Um, that's one of my very favorite things about traveling with Peter for work is sometimes the occasional, you know, you can go out with his coworkers and uh, they, you know, if it's a boss or something, they take you out to a beautiful free dinner. And it just tastes better when you know you're not paying for it. And they wind on 69, yeah. Wind on 69, Yeah. Um, the girls' flights were delayed and luggage lost, so they are in a bad mood. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> You're uh, like, I got a delicious free dinner. They're like, we don't have a change of clothes <laughs> and we missed dinner. <laughs> uh, let's see here. On the 13th of October, you signed onto the ship, exclamation point. Everyone's very nice, but weird vibe about ship. Do you remember what that's about? Um, Vaguely, I do. A lot of people were like, I guess, shitting on the ship, like before we even got on it, like people who are currently on it were like, the ship sucks. And that kind of became the 
narrative the whole time. It was a really bad, like the attitude about the ship. It was an old ship and there's a lot of rundown stuff. For example, the twos in the middle of their cabin had a gigantic square pole and the room is already the size of like a dining room table. And that was cut with a pole right in the center. And like, that's just poor planning and shitty design. So like these kind of things, we just started to get a hint of. And the attitude was, you know, that of shitty quality. And so I think I was just picking up on that because like versus my first contract where I was just overwhelmed, but excited with lots of fun new things. This one was like, oh God, what have I gotten myself into? Sure. Yeah. You're like, oh God, this is my floating prison for the next, for the foreseeable future. And uh, there's, mm, there's weird prison. feelings about it. Yup. Yeah. Okay. Um, you had some training. Oh, and then look at this. Beds are pushed together. So Jockstrap and I are sharing. Couldn't possibly separate those beds. <laughs> uh, so you just, you just hopped into bed with Jockstrap, huh? Yeah, I think so. You know, those tiny cruise cabins, you, there's the full width of the room is two beds and a side table. So if you want to separate them, it really is a lot of work. So I bet we were just like, great, easy excuse to get in the same uh, bed. Okay, because things were being flirty anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so on the 14th of October, um, let's see here, training, walked around ship, and smoke hall. What's a smoke hall? Oh, uh, part of the training, they fill a hall with smoke. And you have to like army crawl with the emergency lights. Oh, that's really intense training. That's like boot camp or some shit. We spray a fire hose. We like have to close and open um, watertight doors and shit. It's full. It is full ship boot camp. Wow. Okay. Um. Then you sang Come Sail Away, Farewell, and Centrum wasn't good. <laughs> yeah, we're here and we're not ready. Like a lot of our stuff is not finished. Um, it was <laughs> just a lot of wasted rehearsal time, a lot of our director not knowing you know how to prioritize and a lot of trouble on one of the singers part it was just kind of a full mess and now we're here and it's not ready how long is crossover when you're on the ship with the other cast usually one uh one cruise so it could be seven days could be two weeks um oh 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 look what's here i can't start started (laughs) to kiss jockstrap asked about sex he thought i was kidding hmm Mm, jog that memory tell me everything uh yeah so i guess i misread this the whole time we're being like flirty for weeks now and uh then we're sleeping in the same bed and we start making out and like you know heavy making out and full body naked making out and so proposed that and he was like what i don't know i felt like very ashamed of having suggested that that is maybe where we continue after Okay, that's not on you. That is super not on you. (laughs) Is that not on me? No, my God, absolutely not. You're in bed with this guy who you've been flirting with. You're not just kissing him. He's kissing you back. You're both naked and making out and rolling around. Sex is the like logical next step in that. So there's no shame in the fact that you asked and the fact that he thought you were kidding is just maybe a little bit weird or maybe he didn't know how to deal with that situation. But uh, naked making out often... often leads to sex so that's not in any way shameful for you that's why we ask right that's this is why you communicate this is what consent's about yeah 100 percent. you you are doing the right thing by asking about it instead of just trying to <laughs> your in his bubble butt okay <laughs> maybe to him it was just like a not tonight but maybe later situation like this is the first step like maybe we don't have sex on the first makeout that's true um well anyway proof of my memory continues to lie to me as i told everyone um, at the beginning of this contract that nothing was going to happen with this guy and looky here. Yeah. You're rolling around naked with him in a 
shared bed. I am shocked that you don't remember anything. You don't even remember anything about that dick? Um, No, not at all. Wow, that's really too bad. Must uh, also speak to it not being anything worth writing home about, or else you would have been like, squeezed his monster dick. He wouldn't let me <laughs> suck it, or something. Hmm. Beautiful. <laughs> October 15th. Training and rehearsal with the director... You sang Rain badly. It's the seal song. Kiss um, by a rose. Yeah, that seal. <laughs> um, and it is. it starts with like thunder, but there's no pitch. Like I don't get a pitch, so I just had to like pull it out of my butthole. Okay. Rain <laughs> against my window. I can't stand the rain. Wow. Okay. Uh, so you say you sang rain badly. I'm sure the new director thinks I'm awful. Um, that's funny. I had a conversation with this guy later. I, I crossed paths with him on my first contract. He had gotten to see me um, do shows. And I felt so insecure about that first contract. Obviously, we can go back and look at the receipts. But I said to him, I was talking to him about that. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I feel so much better now. I feel like I can really sing these songs and like I'm in a good a good role. And he was like, you didn't feel good last time. I was like, no, I was the weakest link. He was like, you thought you were the weakest link? And he like basically told me I was doing very well and I was very fun to watch and stuff that I didn't hear from any of my directors or cast at the time. And so I had this perception of being so atrocious and it was like hard to get through. And then just to hear that somebody who had no connection or stakes in the game at all was like no man it was it was very good was like very um informative for me and made me reconsider perhaps the way i um the respect i pay to myself that is so meaningful also how powerful are those conversations that you remember that all these years later those things stick with you that's really really nice to hear so then you finish the day at the crew bar with uh the vegas couple and uh a woman from florida i'll call her tallahassee (laughs) Sure. Um, yeah, that's pretty much the majority of his contract is spent in that crew bar. There's nothing else to do. Uh, hey, cheap, cheap drinks on a cheap drinks and a party on a boat, and could be worse. Very cheap. You were allowed to drink in regular bars, right? Uh, the cast was, yeah. Uh, it's like such a class system on these ships; it blows my mind. It really is. Um, so we are at sea because on October 16th, you're in Saint Pierre, Mick Michelon. Cool. No idea how to I- say that. I where St. Pierre M I Q U. We're about to get real Canadian, y'all. Enjoy French Canada. Yeah. Okay. So you're in St. Pierre, Canada. Um, (laughs) Room service and got off ship. Room service. Help. What does that mean? I got room service. You can order food to your room. We were in guest rooms right now while we're waiting for the old cast to leave. So while we're in guest rooms, we can. Oh, that's probably another reason why you didn't move the beds because the beds were pushed together and this wasn't your regular cabin. Right. We, it wasn't worth like the effort. Okay. So you walked to town. Parentheses wasn't very special. Rude. Um, <laughs> that is rude. But you know what? It's my own <laughs> journal. I can write these things. I don't mean to offend anyone. <laughs> All the people in St. Pierre, St. Pierre are going to call. You found Wi-Fi and coffee. Um, rehearsal for seasons in the theater. What seasons? That's the the show where I sing rain. Oh, okay. Uh, you went to the gym with boy two. Um, you watched family guy and then <laughs> this just says butter on a pop tart <laughs> episode title. <laughs> oh my God. We were obsessed, obsessed with this. It is an episode of family guy where Peter and Quagmire are, 
doing a spoof of Simon and Garfunkel, and they have these amazing, amazing harmonies on top of these disgusting, stupid lyrics. And one of them was Butter on a Pop-Tart. And I know it to this day, and B2 and I used to sing the harmonies around all the time, like on the streets, uh, in, in the hallways. Can you give me a little taste? Have you ever put butter on a Pop-Tart? It's so freaking good. Have you ever put butter on a Pop-Tart? If you haven't, then I think you should. <laughs> I don't want a giant penis or a rocket trip to Venus. I don't want to win the lottery. I just want to squat and gobble till I'm dizzy and I wobble in the butterfruit and Joe Todd dream. October 17th, you sang through some Centrum stuff and the space. Feels great. Ooh, the sexy. Who's Um, let's call him Spider-Man. Okay, so uh, Spider-Man is sexy. Is this a is this going to be a recurring character? Um, Spider Man and I have a future together, and uh, <gasps> perhaps we'll leave it there. He was very cute. Didn't know you dated a uh, superhero. I was going to say an Avenger, but I'm pretty sure he's not one. I don't fucking he is know. He's an Avenger, I think. I don't know. It's not our world. Is he? I think so. Maybe. <laughs> Anyone who loves that shit is screaming in their headphones, so we shouldn't talk about it. Um. Yeah, I remember him being really, really cute, and I didn't know that he was gay, and I was like, "Ooh, that guy's cute." And that okay. is a good setup for me. I need to think you're unattainable first. <laughs> this is going to work for you real well. Um, on October 18th, you are at sea. Man, I haven't seen the word sea day for a while. It's kind of fun. Um, you ran through Swing City with the director. Um, average, le- oh, average lead singer still doesn't know it. So <laughs> that's great. Um, <laughs> and uh, spoiler, literally never learns it. <laughs> Oh, here we are. Spider-Man is definitely gay. <laughs> I wrote so that? you found that out pretty quick. Yeah. You ever like have a crush on a guy that you think is probably gay and is like flirty with you and then you find out he's straight or partnered or whatever? Like it's such a such a bummer. It's such a letdown. So to get a crush and then realize that it is attainable is like the fucking best. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. On October 19th, you're off by yourself in the morning. I assume that just meant you're beating off in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Halifax, Nova Scotia. You went to a coffee shop um typical you bought chocolate you had rehearsal and then you were off with the twos in town um you did p90x legs hard at sea i bet that's hard at sea i like always would blame the ship i was like oh it's rocky that's why i can't stand up and then i try and do a squat in my own solid land gym and i fall over and i'm like ah no it wasn't the ship at all (laughs) it was just you spectacularly unbalanced person (laughs) as we have previously established um, I really love this last line here this day because you say drop dead gorgeous with two of the girls and like obviously all the men in your cast are straight and you just need a girl's night. And so you go and watch like an amazing iconic camp movie with two of the ladies. I think that's so fun and so necessary. <laughs> um, October 20th, you ran seasons three times. It's fine. I think you've described all your shows as fine about 14 times here. So the highlight as i said was the people and certainly not the shows (laughs) (laughs) this contract couldn't be more different than your last one but it's fine variety is the spice of life as they say um you chatted with spider-man a lot i feel like things are progressing yeah we'll see where this goes (laughs) okay (laughs) can't wait to hear (laughs) seems like it might be complicated um then you had a crew bar drink with a couple castmates um room service and will and grace at night uh october 21st final day of this episode because this is two two full weeks we're moving right along covering some ground finally um 
you are in Charlestown, no, Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island. <laughs> I don't fucking know what this means. <laughs> Got Anne of Green Gables cow chips, exclamation point. <laughs> you fucking nerd. What does that mean? Um, Cow chips means poop. So uh-huh. I must have been eating some fecal matter. What's new? Uh, gross. Don't. <laughs> Prince Edward Island is where Anne of Green Gables takes place. I have never read it. I just know it because I've been to the town or been to the island. <laughs> and uh, it is littered with Anne of Green Gables stuff the way that Roswell is littered with aliens. Okay. Um, <laughs> they branded it with Anne. I don't know. I ate some cow chips. <laughs> like chocolate covered potato chips. Oh, delicious. Fucking yum. Uh, I have to tell you, there is a Netflix show, like a new Netflix show based on Anne of Green Gables. It's called Anne with an E. I don't know how new it is actually, but it's a like a, you know, a, a current show. Um and my friend Kelsey is obsessed with it and she was like, "You have to watch Anne with an E so we can talk about it." I tried to watch one episode while doing a puzzle in quarantine before the first move <laughs> happened and I hated her so much this, like precocious your friend or Anne no Anne this precocious oh, little like 10 year old who won't shut the fuck up I was like oh my god it was like a uh if Amy Sherman Palladino the writer of Gilmore Girls had written in the style of like 1800s farm children in Canada it was so fast and just like odious I was like shut up no absolutely not I hate this child I don't care if she's odious. adopted I don't care about these old people who might or might not adopt her couldn't be less interested in the storyline turning it off but i think it's like for a certain kind of person who maybe grew up with the anne of green gables books or in a time where they they read those things where that that story is like dearly you know beloved Beloved. uh yeah i was so not here for it i found it like idina menzel's voice i just couldn't Um, hear it anymore i know because you use the word odious which is specifically to her Couple things uh-huh. on that whole on that whole statement. One, I love that it's quarantine. You're doing a puzzle, and still the stakes couldn't be lower, and still you <laughs> hated it so much. It that was, is what I'm saying. You had nothing better to I, do, and it, we still couldn't make it through. Um, I dare you to try to get through fi- 15 minutes of that show just for fun. Put it on for 15 fuck minutes. No. <laughs> the other thing is, you said Gilmore Girls, and that reminds me that my mom sometimes has trouble with the podcast app. And, um, she was telling me, she always tells me I talk too fast because I do talk too fast. I know it's part of, it's just it's the gay son. And <laughs> she's like, I know, I know you always speak really quickly, but like, it was really, really quick last episode. And I really couldn't understand. And I was like, it was fast, but it's always fast. What are you talking about? I was like, do you have it sped up mom? She's like, no, I definitely don't. Sends me a screenshot. She has it on 1.5. So she thinks that we are. <laughs> Like Gilmore girling our tits off. Just you and I are just Lorelai and Lorelai and Rory over here just <laughs> patter speaking. Um, and on that note, if you haven't had a chance, you should absolutely check out five minutes of this episode on half speed. It sounds like we are on Quaaludes. Um, it is so fun. I die. It doesn't matter what we're talking about. I love listening on half speed. Sometimes Mike will just for fun, listen to this, uh, on, you know, on, on a reduced speed and then send me a text message. Like I, you have to listen to this slowed down. <laughs> like I do not have the time for that right now, but I really appreciate that. It's funny. Let's finish this goddamn day. Um, you get you, so angry at the end got... of every episode. <laughs> I, I know. I'm just like staring at your handwriting, like hating is... you and Anne of Green Gables so hard. They're both tough. <laughs> Uh, you went to a cool cafe with Wi-Fi and asked Barista for new music. You're that guy. I'm such a douche, um, yeah. 
Uh, you got the director a Starbucks gift card because he leaves soon. Well, that was sweet of you. That was sweet of me. <laughs> the way I've been talking about him doesn't seem like I'd be wanting to get him a gift. I'd be wanting to get him a gift. Sounds like she done already done had hers is. <laughs> Wouldn't be an episode if uh, there wasn't a quick RuPaul reference in there. Oh, hold on. I'm going to get through October 22nd. October Why? 22nd, 2014. You're cheating. C-Day, period. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it says. I refuse to start next episode with a two-word entry. Jesus wept. Well, <laughs> thank you for getting that out of the way. I want to remind you that one episode, uh, maybe on the first 20 somewhere, we cut out like nine solid days because they were all boring. So feel free to do that on those <laughs> on those entries. <laughs> Did we hear from any listeners this week? Just a review we got that was so... Um, <laughs> just thoughtful and specific and fun um, that I thought it was important to share. 2020's hottest podcast is MBFJ. Starting a five-year journal back in 2013-ish, this podcast has everything. Family drama, questionable accents, Starbucks bathroom floors, pungent bulges, and puckering bottoms. Show tunes with those little vocal warm-ups <laughs> obnoxious theater kids do. I think he's, I don't know any theater kids that sang pubic hair, but I guess I'll give it to him. <laughs> Uh, $45 blunts, but tilt a bag shot, cues to tell your mom to stop listening, and the occasional thought-provoking or touching moment that usually has an open-ended innuendo someone takes advantage of to get this shit back on course. But don't be fooled by Cam and Mike's homosexual agenda. They have content for everyone, the lezzies, the straight, the mamas and papas, and even the Mormons. <laughs> All nine inches of them. Don't believe me? Take a listen. All nine inches of them. Well done. I have uh, never heard anybody sum that up better. Wow, that's our new blurb on iTunes, I think. It warms my heart to hear these random blasts from the past um, showing up in this brand new review. So sweet. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening so attentively and reminding me of these stupid fucking moments. <laughs> I truly love that Batilda Bagshot made the cut. I know. She was like, I think she was an offhanded comment. I think there wasn't like a story. It was just like, who am I? Batilda Bagshot. <laughs> Maybe he can remind us. Uh, that's so kind. Um, if you have great reminiscences to make about our show, add them <laughs> to your review. Also, follow us on Instagram. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter, all at MBFJ Podcast. You can send us an email at mybestfriendsjournal at gmail.com or visit our website and merch store at mybestfriendsjournal.com. Well done. Keep it it tight. Which is not something you've been able to say for many, many years now. <laughs> All right, Mikey, that's got to be all for this week. Until next time, always remember... If given the opportunity, wedge yourself between Victor Garber and Monica Lewinsky. I want to know what they were talking about. Bill's dick. Oh, my God. <laughs> Is that inappropriate? <laughs> Bill. If you know, you know, and if you don't know, where the fuck you been? <laughs> Do you shave your nipples? Um, sometimes I typically shave mine, but then when it starts to grow back, it like hurts kind of like it gets to a certain length where it like feels like it's like always kind of just like, I don't know. I don't, I don't like it. Are you recording? Cause I hope so. <laughs> <laughs>